0: Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the PI Collaborative's team at Vizient. I'm Lindsay Mayer, Senior Director at Vizient and your host for this podcast. Today, in part three of a series on workplace violence, we're discussing what happens post-event, specifically what you can do to support staff involved. Joining us today is Heidi Bowen, Behavioral Health Program Manager with the University of Kansas Health System in Kansas City, Kansas. Welcome to the podcast, Heidi.
1: Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate being here.
0: Heidi, what was the case for change at Kansas to really take a deep dive and focus on addressing the care of staff after these type of events?
1: So in July of 2021, we completed a survey with our staff to understand more about their perspectives of workplace violence. Each year, we do complete the culture of safety survey. Through this survey, we were able to learn from our staff how supported they felt after a behavioral event. And we asked specifically, did you receive support from unit leadership? We also provided the opportunity for them to add any open-ended comments that they wanted to, to indicate who they did receive support from if it wasn't unit leadership. What we discovered through this survey was that there were some inconsistent practices related to providing support. We learned that there are units that do a really good job of providing this support. However, there were some opportunities identified.
0: Thanks for sharing that, Heidi. And we all realize how important it is to gain the voice of the customer. So anything else that led your team to really put this to the forefront?
1: Yes, so our people, our employees are a key aspect of our formula for success at our health system. We can't take great care of our patients if we're not taking great care of our people. So prioritizing their well-being is something that is an absolute priority to our health system. So the reason that we wanted to put this to the forefront is that we know that events of workplace violence are continuing to increase across the healthcare industry. And we are experiencing that also in our place. And we wanted to make sure that we were connecting staff with the resources they need to reduce the stress and trauma that result from these events.
0: So I know that most of us that have worked on this topic know that workplace violence events are grossly underreported and it's still really difficult to get staff to feel comfortable reporting these type of events. Can you tell us about the awareness campaign that you've instituted at Kansas?
1: Yes, I am happy to share. So in April of 2021, during Workplace Violence Prevention Month, we had worked closely with our marketing team to have a campaign that focused on workplace violence prevention. So we had an internal facing campaign for employees and an external facing campaign for our patients and our visitors. So the internal facing campaign was You Report, We Support. And essentially what that was conveying to staff was how important it was that they reported episodes of workplace violence. We made sure we defined what workplace violence was, and then we also shared with them how to report. So we did this through signage, but then we also had some videos to show staff how to go in and put an event report in for an episode of workplace violence, and then also made sure that they were aware of the nurse triage line, so if there was an injury, they would also need to report that injury to the nurse triage line. We also implemented the Safe Place for Healing campaign, and on that, that was signage that was outward-facing for our patients and visitors, so they would understand that we're a safe place for healing, and I feel we all know that in order to have a safe place for healing, you really have to have that zero tolerance for workplace violence. And on our signage, we list out what we consider disruptive behavior, and we let people know that this is not acceptable and charges may be filed. So in order to communicate this campaign to our staff, we did take out our candy cart. So it's this big blue cart filled from top to bottom with candy. And we do include some healthier options because staff enjoy healthier options as well. But it attracts our employees, and then we're able to share the information with them. We also have some corporate communication that we utilize. We have a Take 10 video that comes out several times during the week. And we were able to have a couple of presentations to talk about the importance of workplace violence prevention, and the importance of reporting. And this signage that we have is now permanent. When we took the candy cart around, we had some posters to post up on the units, but now we have more permanent versions posted throughout the health system.
0: So Heidi, once you rolled out the campaign, what was the next step for your team?
1: Well, we wanted to make sure that we were taking care of our employees we wanted to address the debriefing process and make sure that we had a standardized approach for the debriefing and support of our staff. So our plan is to create a guide and it is almost in final form. And so what this guide includes is specific steps for what to do when there is an episode of workplace violence. It addresses what the department leader needs to do immediately for the perpetrator violence, as well as the staff member involved. And then also what to do 24 hours to a week after the event, and then after that to provide that continued support. And then we also wanted to make sure that we provided resources to our staff. So part of this guide includes some tools for our staff, and it is called the Roadmap to Resilience. And on that roadmap, it contains important information about four really great supportive programs for our employees. And those include our Employee Assistance Program, and we recently transitioned to a new one in January, and our employees can actually receive up to eight counseling visits per event that they need those resources. It also includes information about our Hope Program, which is our second victim peer support program. And so if employees would like additional support internally, they can get connected with a peer supporter who can help them cope with the event of workplace violence. It includes information about our resiliency training program. So we partner with an organization that is part of our health system called Turning Point. And we have resiliency trainers that can help equip staff with tools to find that resiliency and to be able to bounce back from events like these. And then it also includes information about our employee wellness program, which connects staff with the eight pillars of wellness and helps meet staff where they're at with what they need to do to improve their wellness. So this debriefing guide also has additional resources. As I mentioned, it provides what to do right away, and then what to do ongoing. We did include some information about Stress First Aid, which is a framework that improves recovery from stress reactions, both in oneself and in co-workers. What we really liked about Stress First Aid is that it's public domain. It was designed for healthcare workers, and the training to learn the tools for Stress First Aid are only 30 minutes. So we wanted to use that to be able to provide that resource for leaders to be able to help support our staff when they experience workplace violence.
0: Thanks for that, Heidi. And I know we've talked previously about how you check in with staff post-event. Can you tell us a little bit about your pilot program, the Patient Navigator?
1: Yes, we are happy to tell you about a pilot program. We did a two week pilot in January for any employee who has experienced any type of employee injury. And the reason we did every injury is we wanted to evaluate the support process in general. During those two weeks, we did have three employees that had workplace violence injuries that were reported to our nurse triage line. And so what we did, we had Jill Velasquez, who is our leader of our Workplace Violence Prevention Committee, she called staff to check in on them to make sure that they were doing okay and to see if they need any resources. If she did have to leave a voicemail, she would follow up with the staff with an email. And nine times out of 10, staff would call back. And they expressed how thankful they were that they were checked on after this type of
0: event. That's great, really, providing that additional support to them and check-in. Heidi, I know you've had some pretty significant COVID surges over the past couple of years, like many other organizations, and you had to actually pause this work. So where are you at in the process right now, and, and what's next?
1: We are putting the final edits on our guidebook for leaders. We've actually recently sent it out to department leaders in different areas of the organization to get some insight. Is this helpful? What are we missing? So we are compiling that feedback right now to make those edits. And so we are hoping in the next month we will have the guidebook completed and sent through our marketing team for approval and then have it available for managers. This guidebook is going to be a phenomenal resource for leaders, but there's also training that needs to happen. So we are working with our education specialists to put together some training for leaders to actually have opportunities to practice and learn about the stress first aid and to practice the debriefing process.
0: And Heidi, I think we know how important it is to collect data. Talk a little bit about what data you're thinking about collecting to monitor your progress
1: we plan on resurveying the staff regarding their perspectives of workplace safety and ask the same questions that we asked last year. We also want to evaluate how often are the services utilized through our EAP, through our HOPE team, at the Resiliency Program, and the Wellness Program. And then we also want to look at turnover. Throughout the literature, you can see that workplace violence can lead to stress, it can lead to burnout, and it can lead to people leaving their organizations.
0: And we know everyone comes across barriers. So can you tell us a little bit about what barriers have you and your team come across so far?
1: So a couple barriers that we have come across, one would be time, but we are overcoming that barrier now. And we're thankful for that. I do think another barrier is really developing that Comfort of leaders being able to provide that support because workplace violence can be very, very traumatic and stressful for the employees that are victims of that. So it's developing that comfort and that skill set and being able to provide that support. But we're hoping to overcome that barrier through appropriate training of our leaders.
0: And finally, Heidi, share what lessons you've learned so far from putting together this process.
1: Well, we know that. It is so important to equip leaders with the tools to be able to support their staff. Our staff have said clearly that they need support after these events happen. Everyone does cope with traumatic events in a different way, but we want to make sure that staff have a standardized response and that they know that they're cared about and that they know that there's resources available to them should they need them.
0: Thank you for sharing your work on this important topic, Heidi. We know staff are the most important resource in healthcare, and it's really great to hear about the efforts to support them in these difficult situations. So, Heidi, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate taking the time to discuss the importance on this topic. Thank you. Glad I could participate. Thanks again to Heidi Bohm for speaking with us today and to you for listening. For Vizian's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Lindsay Mayer. Please join us for more knowledge on the go. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments at Collaboratives at vizianinc.com.